It is December 9th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, Monday Night Raw, the go-home show for TLC 2019. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Raj Geary. The three of us back together again. <laughs> Interesting Monday Night Raw tonight. Uh, we saw a uh, divorce happen mm. on air. A marriage just crumble in front of our very eyes. We saw a championship match. Uh, we saw some setups for TLC. We saw a new faction formed. Matt, what did you think of tonight's show? That was the go-home episode? That's what I thought. Indeed. That's what I thought. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying not to think about... You know, I would rather have watched something on TV at random as opposed to 75% of what we saw tonight. I would rather just pick a random I'm I'm trying to take my fandom a little bit more out of this and trying to like give fan and viewers a legitimate viewpoint of what we're supposed to be doing at analyzing this show. Yes. When I wrestled, we always looked at our go home episode as the end all be all too, because we got paid accordingly. If that pay-per-view was a sold out arena or pretty close to it, where we wrestled on the card, we would get a percentage of that gate plus another uh, um, bonus plus our downside, which doesn't really matter. Um, Do you know what I'm saying? So, So you had, I just think the way that these guys now were contracted and now the way I understand that they're contracted in the long run, they're lucky they're getting these workhorses from ring of honor and all these other indie companies that these younger guys have now grown up in WWE superstars and love their own work rate and really and work their asses off the Daniel Bryans, the Seth Rollins, the so on, Kevin Owens. And so Joe, AJ, there's going to come a time where that work rate's not there anymore because they're not encouraging people to work their asses off predicated on how they're paid. I agree with that. I mean, Raj, do you think that's almost a side effect of the network? We're now creative. Yes. You know, it's not on create. It's not creative as much. And Matt, to your point, the talent is out there giving it their all. They are out there doing their mm-hmm. best. But if creative just gives you a big crap sandwich, and they're like, whatever, it's the network. We don't have to worry about buys. It's it going to be the next generation. I have a feeling it is when yeah. it's going to hit. I mean, that well, it's supposedly the reason why they're not announcing any. They hadn't announced any TLC matches up until this past Friday. Was. Uh, it was noted in the Observer that Vince feels that all the all the uh, network subscriptions come late, so instead of announcing matches ahead of time and doing a build, you just throw it all the last week on the final shows. Huh. Um, I, I don't, as a fan, that doesn't get me excited for a show. If I missed tonight's show for any reason, I I would forget that there's a pay per view this Sunday. Yes. Um, so yes. I mean, I think that's a that's a major issue. And the hottest thing on this show, and I actually thought tonight's show was pretty entertaining um except for except for the first segment um i just didn't know it was the go home exactly i didn't feel that yeah exactly but but the hottest stuff on the show kevin owens and seth they didn't announce that match for the sunday um and they probably shouldn't i mean he just turned on him he just revealed himself that's where you should build it for a few weeks and and lead to that match yeah um so yeah there was just nothing that got me excited for the pay-per-view but overall i was i was pretty entertained um you know, looking at it from an analyst standpoint, is a terrible buildup for the pay-per-view, though. Yeah. Let's go segment by segment. Let's talk about it. Let's start with Jerry the King Lawler in the ring, introduced by Mike Rome. Out comes Rusev and Lana, and for the first time ever on Raw, Jerry was presiding over the signing of a divorce contract. Why was that the first time on Raw? How do you know that? Well, that's what he was said tonight. The first time ever on Raw. Oh, okay. Yes. Again, like, like, oh, we've been waiting for this one. We've seen everything else on Raw, but never. Oh, I, I, I was gonna say they're, they've had their hand in a, a multitude of divorces. Yeah. <laughs> Just never. <laughs> this, um, is our, this is all right. This, there, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's fans out there that were entertained by this. If I didn't have this podcast, I would have changed the channel during this. I would have left. I would have been gone for the night. I would have just been like, this is freaking stupid. Why am I watching this? I'll watch Monday Night Football, even though I don't care about either of the teams playing. So why is this drawing a number is what are for them and their ratings, gauging it with their ratings? I'm being I'm being clear about that. Why is this drawing a number? Well, it's not drawing a big number. It's it's like a right. slight increase from the previous <laughs> quarter hour. Yes. Why people. is the TV sets not being shut off all around the country? Because Lana's hot, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> really. That's that's that probably it? it. I wonder what her rate her ratings are for like everything she's been a part of um, so far since being with WWE. 
Yeah, I mean, I would guess, you know, things like the stuff she did with Enzo in the hotel and all those. I'm right. guessing those probably did better than usual quarter hours. Interesting. Well, they're good YouTube thumbnails, right? I mean, when you're looking at online reaction, I think she's very good for that. But uh, with this, here's what I didn't like about this is tonight she was going on and on about Rusev Day and what an egomaniac Rusev was during that. Ignoring, <laughs> but ignoring this continuity. Except though. Do you remember the year when every time Rusev was out there, Lana's the best, Lana number one? Like, he made her such a big part of that, that to me, I was like, okay, this is stupid, but now you're just insulting me as a fan. Like, I wasn't paying attention to this whole time. They're talking about it, like, not how it actually happened. That just irked me. Reader Mark said, bingo, Raj. <laughs> um, for those listening to the podcast. Um, well, isn't that the point, though? Isn't that the heat? Isn't that what in, yeah. therein lies the heat that she's lying, right? Sure. And exaggerating. She's not likable. She's not coming across. I mean, and I don't. <laughs> she's she's a heel. supposed to be. She, yeah, yeah, she's a heel. It's just weird, though, that um, <laughs> I would think they would try and make her come across as more sympathetic and more. No. You don't think so? No. In this angle, no. you don't want to do that. She's supposed to be. Hey, you know what? And we're all supposed to be like really upset with her that she's doing this to poor Rusev. Yeah, you're supposed. Yeah, I mean, the sympathy is all supposed to be on Rusev. Now, my problem mm. with Lana's promo is it was, it was that X Pac heat that you'd hear about, where it's not like it's it's so bad that I'm getting mad at Lana and want, I can't wait for Rusev to come out. It was so bad that I wanted to change the channel and not come back. It was it was so bad that it made me wonder why I'm watching this. Yeah. Um, well, we don't need to get fully into this. I feel like this this storyline does not deserve an extensive discussion. Um, Bobby Lashley came out, uh, so I guess we're gonna have Bobby versus Rusev. And oh, TLC. I couldn't have I couldn't have called that. <laughs> Doesn't that first angle when Lana first came out and returned and started making out with Lashley on the you know on the stage? Didn't that feel like that was like eight months ago? Yeah, like this has been going on forever, and this is their Take first on. match. Wow. Should we praise them for for that then? I mean, we want longer drawn out stories. I mean, that have, you know, a beginning, middle and an end. I mean, we're still in the middle of it, technically. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's not over this Sunday. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) But I mean, there's some, what's the word I'm looking for? There's some hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Showing resolve, not resolve, but they're they're showing um, an ability to not throw it all out there right away like they normally would do and fast forward or something. No, I mean, long-term story planning. I mean, you know, we've all, we always talk about that, building a story and then having the big conclusion. The only problem is the story has been so corny. It doesn't um, stick it, with us. Right. It does it particularly, but maybe some others it does. Yeah. Yes. Just to answer Chrono Falco's question of why would you make a heel sympathetic, I think the best heels are the <laughs> ones who, don't, who do not believe they are heels. Who believe they're in the right to me that makes a comp- more compelling storyline they're not sympathetic mm. you don't really want them to be sympathetic especially in wrestling wrestling's a, a I guess. You know. something anything i don't know i just feel like for the weight they're tossing out because there behind this just think about it then you put the baby face in a very weird position because yeah. now they're the ones causing this to the empathetic figure you don't want that right Though, don't you think Rusev, though, is trying to have it both ways? Because he does come across as very sympathetic, but then when she'll be like, well, you're trying to have sex with me all the time, he's like, oh, could you blame me? You know, it's like very sort of... But this audience loves that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. These are the type of stories I feel like the WWE... So you can't get behind a sex addict. is it? Because that's the way they're <laughs> labeling it, kind of, which I don't understand. I'm not even getting into all this, you know. I don't understand that. Like, they don't need to go there, right? Yeah, it's just so. Yeah, it it just comes across as it just comes across as cringe. The the whole segment when they start doing the whole sex stuff, it just just it doesn't make him cooler though. Like, I'm not like watching him going, yeah, man, he's cool. Like, I'm not like that's kind of weird. Like, what? You force yourself on your own wife? That's kind of freaking out there, dude. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's and that's my other yeah. issue. They've given so many different reasons for this. Originally, she faked the pregnancy. Then her son, <laughs> oh, her my God. I mean, right? right? Like, this has been all over the place. I feel like they know the type of story they want, but they're just throwing it all against the wall here. And Rusev, I'm wondering what they're... It seems like they're tweaking his character a little bit. He looked like he just got done, you know, at a frat party, you know, coming out with yeah. the yeah. sport coat, Donald Duck shirt. Um We'll see where they go. But I, the one thing about this angle is 
the Rusev has been getting good, re- you know, reactions from the crowd. Yeah. And the yeah. live crowd has not been shitting on these segments as much. They did, they did a couple times, but for the most part, it hasn't been a big disaster like you'd expect. Man. So Kevin Owens was backstage looking for Seth Rollins, uh, talking about what being attacked by AOP last week, ran into Rey Mysterio, who gave Kevin Owens a steel pipe. And then Owens went about his hunt. Uh, then we had Matt Hardy versus Drew McIntyre. Matt, how do you feel about the way they're using Matt Hardy these past few weeks? You, you know what the obvious answer is, right? He's yeah. a future Hall of Famer. This is the way they treated Ray when he first came back. I felt maybe not as bad, but still bad. Um, I don't know because I don't know how long Matt is back for. Yeah. And I just know you can get more mileage out of this than what they're doing with him. Well, supposedly his contract is reportedly up in April. So they still got a little time. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing, and I said this back in the day with the Dudley boys, Rob Van Dam, it's, mm-hmm. it's the same thing over and over. Is If you got a guy who can still go and his, who the crowd sees as a star and is super over, it seems like the smart move would be to use them in a meaningful storyline, get them wins over lower level talent, build them, for the guy you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And then so when the guy you're trying to build beats, you know, your Matt Hardy's, your RVD's, it means something and elevates them. And, and the fans listening at home, what Roger's talking about, it doesn't, he's not talking in the main event level guy that they're trying to get over. He's right. talking mid card, even below mid card level talent, even to that degree that you, you feed him some, some preliminary guys, get him some wins and then have him, you know, do the job to, to to somebody that you're trying to get over. Like a ricochet could really use that, or yeah, or tons of, of talent. Or who's the guy that uh, AJ kept beating? Or like, what the hell? Just, besides him, there's one before him. Oh, uh, uh, Cedric. Cedric. Cedric Alexander would be ideal. Or Mojo. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's you know, so that way, or you know, Drew when they finally get to Drew. At least that way, when Drew beats Matt Hardy, it means something as opposed to just being a regular squash. Especially if he pulverizes him. Yeah. After Matt's been built back up a little bit with wins, right? Yeah, it would mean mean that much more. And Matt could do a great job. He's creative as hell. Um, He is. He could do a great job if you put him in a real program, but they're just treating him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about this later, but with these releases that just happened, is, mm-hmm. so if Jeff Hardy, because of injury, has had uh, significant time added to his contract, but Matt is potentially out after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. Matt has got a lot of value left, and he could easily go back to TNA, he could go to Ring of Honor, he could go to AEW, uh, he could go to NWA, and really provide a lot of value for any company he signs mm-hmm. with. Oh, yeah. De- definitely, and, and the, the creative aspect of it, too. He mm-hmm. wants to give back. You can, you can read it in his tweets, even. You can see it. He wants to give back in a creative manner, not just with him wrestling, but offering suggestions and ideas. WWE would be very foolish not to pay him whatever the hell it costs to get him as maybe part of that creative team or at least, worst-case scenario, uh, an agent. Because yeah. those those kids can learn. Like, kids, it's not like I'm an 80-year-old man. <laughs> These uh, young whippersnappers um, <laughs> learn a shit ton from him as far as creativity goes and thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know what I mean? And plus that broken gimmick would still be money if used right outside of, you know, outside of WWE. Yeah, man. Yes, and uh, I did mean Impact, not TNA. I'm, not, I'm always going to call it TNA. Call it's TNA. TNA. It's always, always going to be TNA. TNA. Yeah, uh, so Drew McIntyre won that pretty easily. After that, we saw Charlotte Flair's handicap match loss to the Kabuki Warriors last week. We saw footage of her and Becky Lynch backstage. What do you make of this angle, how they're they're building this up to have them come together for this match at TLC on Saturday, Matt? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I mean, this very reluctant partnership that they're having, right? The, I don't like you. We still have our issues. I mean, well, it's just, I like that they acknowledge that, right? Instead of rolling over and just skipping off into the sunset, you know, holding hands. Yeah. Uh, I, hate, I hate the two teammates, that, not two teammates, but two singles acts that have had major beef over time and have had blood wars against one another. Yeah. Drew blood from one another with weapons, might I add. Mm-hmm. Like months later, are skipping hand in hand, you know, both guys and girls when they do this. Yeah. Um, but so I did like the little, you know, tip of the hat to that. I don't know. Small wrinkle, but I liked it. I, I, I like the idea of this feud, you know, these two 
the two top women on the brand who hate each other are forced to team together because they've just been getting thwarted by by the heels. I didn't like how they're just sitting on the bench like, oh, so do you see what they just did? Well, you know, yeah. I did. You know, like there was, it had the intensity of you know, a, you know, uh, burnt toast, or like lightly burnt toast. It was, it was weak. You know, you want to see them like really pissed and 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 so mad at the Kabuki Warriors that you know they they're agreeing to fight together to to get back at them as opposed to just chilling on the bench. Um, yes. Isn't lightly burnt toast just toast? And isn't that intense? How if it's lightly it got, burnt? Because it got burnt so bad that it became now burnt. Isn't that intensity? <laughs> no, that's like that's like oh, I left it in for ten seconds too long. That's all I've been thinking about since you've said that. <laughs> the toast. I mean, forget the rest of Raw. Let's have a debate about toast here because there's like really fertile ground that we can really cover. Um, yeah, I mean, it was necessary, right? But we all knew what was going there. We've known for weeks that it was going to be this match. It would have been more apropos, like where I was just talking about, to be honest. He's right. Um, but if, like, one of them had just gotten jumped by the Kabuki Warriors, let's say, and was, like, selling, and then in walks Charlotte or, or in walks Becky, however you want to play that, the other, you know, uh, a girl or female wrestler walks in and says, all right, this bleep's got to stop. Look, we don't like each other. We don't have to like each other. But this stuff and what they're doing has got to stop. We're the top females here in WWE. Unfortunately, we're going to have to tag up to make this happen, but let's go get it done. You know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, and I also think they really should have, if they're in a handicap match, they really should have put a beating on the baby faces. You know, you could keep it 50-50 for a while, but eventually the numbers catch up to them and, you know, the heels sure. keep doing fast tags. Beat them down bad to where they need each other at the end, and that's why they're going to do, you know, team. But they're almost beating the, them on their own. Here's the th- yes, they are, and here's the thing: the Kabuki Warriors have to go over. They're not going to, but they need to go over here. They're a tag team. It makes more sense. Neither one, Charlotte nor Becky, lose any steam by by losing a tag team match versus the women's champions. They don't. Yeah, they do that all the time, where they have the singles guys that are feuding win the tag titles just to keep their, you know, just to add to their feud, and they'll beat a tag team that has steam on them. And yes. then the tag team's titles just, you know, fall further. And the whole division, is, you know, basically sucks now because of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Tag- I think if the Kabuki Warriors lose, it hurts the titles. Tag teams should always be two singles wrestlers tagging together. Always. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. supposed to be, you know, brother and brother or sister and sister. They know what the other one's thinking without even having to talk. Like, you know what I mean? That's the way they're supposed to be. That's what's supposed to be to make tag team wrestling so damn exciting. Mm-hmm. Is a double maneuvers that only attack team that have experience of being together, traveling everywhere together, eating together, lifting together, all that crap, training together. It's supposed to add up. Mm-hmm. Like it used to back when we were kids and we used to watch wrestling. Like we thought, I don't know about you, but I thought that, you know, Jim, 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 the Anvil need heart <laughs> and uh, Brett Hitman heart traveled together for sure. The British Bulldogs, they definitely pumped iron together. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I th- Killer Bees definitely right. rode together. Like, I always had that in my head that these guys go everywhere together. Yeah, and you know, WWE, they back in the day, they would protect that too. I remember yeah. when they first started doing the storyline of two singles guys that are feuding, teaming together. I think the first time I remember it was Macho Man and the Warrior team together heading into like SummerSlam when Macho Man was champ and Warrior had just come back. And they wrestled the Nasty Boys, and they didn't let Macho Man and Warrior beat the Nasty Boys. You know, think about that. They had the Nasty Boys win by, I think it was Count Out or DQ, but regardless. Um, yeah, I, I agree. If this is just to further a, a Becky versus Charlotte's uh, feud, have one of them turn on the other in the match, and then the Kabuki Warriors get the win, as opposed to them beating the Kabuki Warriors and doing the split down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a moment thank the sponsor of this episode, who I have to give a huge thank you to, and that is SeatGeek. As many of you know, I was in New York. Oh, SeatGeek. Oh, SeatGeek. You are the best. I was in New York, had the trip of my life, saw so many shows, so much theater on Broadway, all thanks to SeatGeek. And let me tell you why. Every other ticketing site, every other ticketing app is terrible. It's garbage. Set it on fire. Throw it away. It's as if they're all so big, they think they can get away without caring about the customer experience. Their sites are annoying. They don't have the tickets you want. It's the status quo, and it's awful. I'm fired up about this. The real question is, how easy, how wonderful, what a utopia would it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, 
With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek is showing us there's a better way. The future is now. It's all right here. You can search sports, live music, comedy, the theater, professional wrestling, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. And in this industry that is so toxic, SeatGeek stands out from the crowd. They've built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for that perfect seat and start enjoying it. Why are they better than the rest? Look at the App Store. 50,000 five-star reviews. That's amazing, incredible customer satisfaction because it's a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and they display every seat on an interactive seat map so you can see exactly where you're sitting and see if it's a good deal. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I've got SeatGeek on my phone in New York. We were deciding what shows to see. We saw Freestyle Love Supreme. We saw Lin-Manuel Miranda. He was the special guest that night. It was incredible. SeatGeek had us there with amazing seats. We saw Town. We saw Sing Street, Jagged Little Pills so much. And I'm excited, Raj, Matt, to see Motley Crue breaking their promise about <laughs> breaking up. They're coming back together. It's going to be Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. I am going. That's my favorite band of all time, Motley Crue. I'm not joking. Really? I'm not going to use SeatGeek for the first time. I was just waiting for you to talk about this. I was just looking up because me and a bunch of friends, I've been texting them, but like, don't purchase anything. I'll go on SeatGeek on Friday. Uh, they're coming here to Denver on August 30th, uh, Motley Crue Poison, Def Leppard. And Friday morning, I'm on my SeatGeek app, and that's what I'm going for. And not only that, WrestleMania. WrestleMania Hall of Fame is going on sale. NXT is going on sale. We're going to have access to all these events. We're going to be doing a little Wrestling Inc. Uh, live event around Tampa, around Mania. And I'm telling you, if you're going to be there, for me planning my trip, SeatGeek is the way I'm going. No more waking up at, at who knows what time in the morning, getting on the site. Oh, it's overloaded. It's overloaded. No, I'm going to wait for SeatGeek. I'm going to get an amazing deal. I'm going to get the exact seats that I want. It's fantastic. And next summer, oh, I've seen Def Leppard. I've seen Joan Jett, but Molly Crew live? Poison live? Going to get to hear my favorite Poison song, Fallen Angel, live in concert? Oh, great one. And you know why it's great? Because it tells a story. I love songs that tell a story. It does tell a story. Okay. And it's a fantastic one. That in the, I'll, I'll picture the video, but I'll be seeing it live. Every rose has its thorn. It's philosophical. Think oh. about it. They're making such a point there. Uh, anyhow, right <laughs> I'm going to be close enough. I'm going to be able to see Brett Michaels' hair plugs underneath that bandana. And see is going to get me there. July 9th, Motley Crue, um, Orlando. Yeah, so. not too close, though. I don't want to see what Vince Neil has become. I need a little distance. August just in my 30th. Head. August 30th, man. Don't put SummerSlam that day, WWE. <laughs> oh, seriously. So and we've got an even better deal for you all. SeatGeek is going to give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Here's what I want you to do. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use the promo code INC for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code INC. INC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Right. Raj on SeatGeek, it says August 30th, Denver, Coors Field. Yep, I got it right here. Um, it's pretty sweet as being at Coors Field. That's going to sound really good. Uh, well, we saw Guns N' Roses at Coors Field. So it's, uh... nice. Oh, no, 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 no. I t I'm sorry. We saw that was at the football stadium. Coors Field is the baseball stadium. Ah. Nice one. Yeah. Promo code INC, $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. We thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm going to make my first because the Morgans don't go out. Um, we don't really do much of anything. Um, so like, this will be our first ticket purchase. I don't think we've ever been to a concert. Uh -huh. Wow. We went to Dave Chappelle once many, many years ago. That's oh, it. Oh, that's that's a good one, though. You, but, may, um, you might appreciate this. In New York, I saw that Harry Hamlin was in a play. It was sold out, found tickets through SeatGeek, and uh, got to see Harry Hamlin live. Clash of the Titans was like my favorite movie when I was five years old. Oh, okay. So yeah. just being able to see yeah, Harry like, Hamlin in person. That? I still don't know who that is. But... He played Perseus in Clash of the Titans. He later went on to be in L.A. Law. Never saw it. Now, you know, after Flash Gordon in Clash of the Titans, I thought the lead character's name was Clash. Much hmm. like Flash Gordon, Clash of the Titans. He is Clash of the Titans. That's a shame. All right, moving on. I was young. <laughs> Raw tag team titles match. Oh, no, wait. First, uh, before that, Kevin Owens walking around backstage looking for AOP and ran into Mojo Raleigh, who sass-mouthed him and uh, got a huge slap across the face. And? <laughs> What's up with this vest, man? I like Mojo. I want better for him. Why does he keep getting stuck with just these bad gear, these bad looks? Bring the Zubas back, man. I don't know. I don't know. And he's one of those types of talents like I was, that, that you you do what you're asked to do, and you're like, all right, I, I see you think this is pretty mediocre. I'm going to freaking 
prove you wrong. I'm going to blow this up into something much bigger and better. And that's the attitude a lot of guys have, especially former athletes from basketball, football backgrounds and things like that. You're, you try to maximize your minutes, if you will. You try to take something that's crappy and prove everybody wrong that you can make it into something much bigger. Um, it's the only thing I can think of because he is a workhorse. He's he's got size. He's got he's got charisma. He's he's, he's got confidence. Um, mm-hmm. they did talk. those vignettes with him in the mirror. Remember him looking in the mirror and he had purple face paint. <laughs> Apparently, the, they with the blue marker lines. Right. Yeah. What were they doing? Just hoping like we just talked about it enough to the fact that you know fans just asked about about it enough so much, then they were just gonna like write it on the fly. I guess because I don't think he never made it on Raw with that, or maybe he did in like the uh, the twenty four seven segments, but never you know in, a, in an effective way that I can remember. But yeah, yeah, I mean, what was the end game when you're when That's you're spending your time on these? Have some sort of plan. I don't think they do. They did, and a lot of times I think I don't think they do, and I don't think that's really fair to the damn talent either. Yeah, I feel especially like him, he, especially yeah. him. He could be a home run talent. He really can. Yeah, I feel like he needs to get in a tag team with someone with n- not like Zack Ryder, not with another guy who's been the prelims forever, but you yeah. know, someone uh, who's also on the verge of breaking out and and that he that he can feed off of because he's kind of in a he's kind of in a rut right now with how that he's being used. Peter Popovich said that Mojo was so excited for the gear on his Instagram story. (laughs) It it looks like that vest. I mean, it looks like that's like like a Roman Reigns reject when they were designing Roman. No, this is too stupid. I remember thinking the Shield stuff was stupid when it first, like their look. I remember going, like, what? Do you know they weren't? They they should never sell. They should never sell, was my argument. (laughs) Do you know they first had shields, like uh, actual shields? Yeah. As part of the, but Vince, I guess, before they went out, told them to, to drop it. Otherwise, they would have been coming out with shields. But my thing was they had flak jackets on or whatever you call them. I'm like, somebody makes a mistake to punch them in the stomach, they better no-sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of pockets, at least. It looks like you could hold some stuff in there. Tons. Tons <laughs> of hammers. Tons of hammers. So we had the Street Profits answering the open challenge from the Viking Raiders for a Raw tag team title match. Street Profits getting this insane entrance again. I mean, the crowd's into it. The energy's there. It's up. But yes. then they get into this match, and they lose. I don't have an answer for this. I don't get Viking Raiders to begin with. I never have. Um, I, I know everyone else likes them, and they're impressive when they're in the ring. I would argue they're not more impressive than Street Profits. This was a no-brainer. If I have these guys in my tag team division, I'm building a tag team division. Street Profits have gotten themselves over despite, despite spending months on TV, getting other talents over as rookies, brand new to TV, national TV, rookies. Hey, guys, I know you're new, but guess what? We want you to get over every single talent on our shows for the next six months. And then we'll maybe start to worry about you guys. And they've still done it. Yeah, and I think it, I think one thing with wrestling fans is a lot of people you're trained that someone's kind of kept off TV and then they show up and then just get beat that they're not important. It's just kind of already yeah. you know because that's what they do. Um, yes. And Matt, to your point, you know when the Viking Raiders were introduced and they cut that promo in the beginning, the crowd was silent. No one was no one cared. And then they came alive when the Street Profits came out. So they're they're really pushing the Viking Raiders hard. It, it's rare that they get a real reaction, at least uh, at the beginning. And Street Profits do right off the bat. I, I just think they should not be beating these guys yet. They should be giving them some wins. Maybe not a here, book them in a different match, but get these guys some wins. I mean, these guys are, they bring the crowd on its feet. I just don't get how they're so disconnected from hearing these reactions. They can't be deaf. Do you think, though, I mean, we'll, t- we'll talk about this and you know, what they did with the Street Profits later in the night. I- I'm sure their argument is similar to what it was at the time for Enzo and Cass. Like, these guys are so over, they can anchor every segment that we toss at them. They don't need a title. But it's, I think it's just weird to have okay. them. Okay, fine. Don't have them in a match in which yes. they lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what made it seem weird about it tonight. When they were in the match, it was like, oh, they're going to do a quick switch. Because they're going to get on the – they're realizing the Viking Raiders aren't working. They do this too often, and that's where yeah. the 50-50 booking comes from. 
where they booked themselves in corners. Back in the day, they used to worry, not just WWE, but all wrestling companies, used to worry about booking themselves in these corners and going, yeah. oh, crap, how did we get here? We shouldn't have gotten here, and yet we're here, and these two talents have to face off. Shit, what do we do? Uh, we make a DQ at the end. But back then, it wasn't done all the damn time, so it didn't really hurt either talents because of that. Now, we've seen so many DQs. It's so predictable, and yet they still book themselves in these corners. Mm-hmm. Instead of not saying, hmm, maybe a month from now when we – I don't even know how far out they're booking. Is it even a month? I don't know. It feels like Day it's of. <laughs> it feels like it's not, obviously. Yeah, well, if the plan is for uh, the street – I mean, the Viking Raiders to defend the titles this Sunday, mm-hmm. a DQ here could have made sense. You have the OC, who's the rumored opponents, come in and you know attack the Street Profits, who look like they're close to winning – because they don't want the street profits to win, so they can win the titles from Viking yes, Raiders. Yes, that makes sense. And so it makes sense. Logic. And then you save the street profits. They look good. They look competitive against the tag yeah, champs. But I like that. yeah, some people are saying that street profits are on all the time. They haven't been on since uh, in in a in month a wrest- in a wrestling capacity. No, they're not. Yeah, they haven't been on. They haven't wrestled in a month on Raw. After that, and the Viking Raiders picked up a win, we had Kevin Owens come out to the ring and looking uh, for AOP. Rollins is there and basically saying, you know, I have nothing to do with them. Um, He warns them that AOP is going to come for him, but Rollins has no association. So he goes on and on. Rollins leaves the ring, heads to the back. And then we get Sami Zayn with Mojo Raleigh instead. Hold on, real quick. The Owens and and Seth stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Owens felt like he just felt like kind of a goof not attacking seth right there sure um just letting seth do his thing and then you know basically saying uh, he's going to get his ass kicked by the by the aop and not having more of a plan mm-hmm. i don't know i think they're making kevin owens look kind of kind of goofy in these segments well, he's not I, hiding in a porta potty no, well, <laughs> this is where they don't protect their baby faces yeah the baby faces should outsmart the heels like they should have a plan and to his plan is to find them, and then he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, well, even before Seth got it, came in the picture, he was getting, you yeah. know, he's getting destroyed. And even if, okay, not necessarily because Hulk Hogan used to walk into some traps from Piper, I remember. But, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it wasn't so blatantly obvious to the rest of us, and it made Hogan look terribly stupid. Yeah. Did you know what I mean? And that's right. every baby face it should be that way. It's okay if he outsmarts them from time to time. Right. to lead to the match before you get into that match and where that payoff eventually happens of the baby face serving that heel their comeuppance, right? Mm-hmm. That's the end-all be-all payoff, right? So it's okay to let them outsmart them once in a while on the way there, um, but it, you also can't make the baby face look like a goof or a doofus or an idiot along the way. You don't want that, you, yeah. you know? They would hurt Sting sometimes back in the day in WCW when he'd keep uh, <laughs> trusting Ric Flair and then they would yes. turn on him. Yes, but, good. That's actually a really good call. I remember that. Yeah, but but yeah, it, it, when it when a baby scorpion? face gets yeah right. God, that killed him for a while. <laughs> but yeah, when a baby face gets outsmarted, the fans should not see it coming because then yeah. the fans were also outsmarted. Like they got everybody, as opposed to this where everyone saw it coming. Yep. Maybe I was reading it wrong last week because I didn't watch Raw last week, but I saw some of the reaction on Twitter. I thought it was set up last week, um, or at least it seemed widely thought that Rollins and AOP. We're teaming together. So tonight, I was confused at Rollins' denial. No, they, no, they oh. he he denied it last week. Gotcha. Playing on that. Uh, so let's talk about Sammy and Mojo. Sammy saying he has a manager's uh, managerial deal now, so he can appear on two different brands. Out there tonight, repping Mojo Raleigh, uh, bringing him to the ring. And then uh, I liked I liked this line when Mojo said to uh, was it Mojo or was it Ko that said uh, everybody looks tough and they've got a pipe in their hand and Kevin said well let's see handed it to Mojo and then uh, <laughs> dropped him in short order. Yeah, yeah. The, the I don't like that WWE is already compromising the brand split. <laughs> you know they 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 did it bleeding into the Survivor Series. They're doing it again, but it's one of those things. Why should I care when they're clearly not going to? We don't. I have never cared about the brand split. <laughs> I will never care about the brand split. I don't get more excited when I see a team of Raw performers come out or a team of SmackDown performers come out. It doesn't do anything for me. 
I just don't like when they make their rules and then they, <laughs> you know, just uh, break them right off the bat. But what, whatever. It's, that's yeah. been happening forever. No more brand split, please. I, I, I don't know anyone who thinks this way, but I wish they were all just on whatever damn shows they want to be on. And we could see, like, for instance, Sammy. We could see more Sammy on all three damn shows if need be. If they really want to get people over, that's a way to do it. You kind of burn through them quicker, though, then, right? If you see Sammy three times a week, then it's... Well, I'm exaggerating. Right. But you know what I mean. Um, Yeah. That's the one thing with the brand split is at least you're you're only seeing the... Go back to Allie Love's comment. we got to answer this. Allie Love asks, why is Sammy a manager now? Is he injured again? Come on, Allie. You're you're not paying attention to what's going on. Well, yeah, he does have a shoulder. Yeah, he has has shoulder, shoulder issues. He's also getting tons of heat and getting old boy crazy much more over than he was previously. Yeah, did you hear? Did you hear about the uh, interaction with the fan last night? That no. Was, he, oh, the videos on Wrestling Inc. Uh, so yeah, Sammy, some fan at ringside was like cursed, like yelling some homophobic slurs, and Sammy just got in his face and, and got the fan kicked out. So uh, good for Sammy. <clears throat> but yeah, this mm. uh, this fan was being really obnoxious. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if any. I don't think Sammy Zayn. I don't know if anyone can get Mojo over at this point. Sammy's great, but you need it for someone on the rise. You don't think Sammy could get him over? Uh, Okay, I know people uh, gave a lot of crap about the hype bros and the the Zubas and Mojo doing that, but everything they've done to Mojo since then has been worse and worse and worse. it has, but again, how how though would Sammy talking for him be bad? I don't know. I just don't know that he can. Uh, I mean, so why does someone need a mouthpiece normally? Because they're not charismatic. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. yes, most of the time, that's the reasoning, right? But look at Undertaker. Undertaker yeah. could cut a promo, but yeah. didn't fit his character. I could see them almost more as a tag team, you know, like Sammy. That would be even better. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sammy's the, the loud mouth, uh, you know, getting himself, getting the team Little into trouble. Also. Yeah. The Enzo per se. Yes. While, uh, while, yeah, Mojo's the cast. Mm-hmm. And Mojo's a legit athlete. He's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I could see that. I could see that working really well. Yeah. As long as they don't lean into uh, their We've shirts. just solved their problems, you guys. We yeah. just in one episode came up with that up and coming, well, better than up and coming talent to tag them with that we were thinking about earlier. That's really good. Yeah. Well, and they have a shared heritage, which I hope they do not lean into for the no. team. Cause that could get really dicey really quick. I don't, I don't think they do that. Yes. Uh, hey, you never know. Uh, Alistair Black versus Akira Tozawa. Huh. I mean, okay. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. When we say, gee, I wonder who's going to win. Um, but sometimes, I keep telling you guys, and everybody will listen, sometimes predictability in wrestling isn't a bad thing. Yeah. We knew Hulk Hogan was going to – I keep using Hulk Hogan references, I apologize. But we knew every night what was going to happen, right? Someone was going to get some steam on him and some heat, and what was going to happen? Every night like clockwork, he was going to Hulk up. It was going to happen. There was nothing that was going to stop it. And that predictability was great. It made us all want to come see that predictability in person. Um Sometimes when a match is this obvious and you, you're behind a talent, like I think a lot of fans are him, Aleister Black, this is a welcomed, um, predictable match that we want to see. We want to see him to continue to get wins under his belt and get built more and more and more and higher and higher. Yeah, and Aleister is still kind of a, a new character as far as a singles character on Raw and SmackDown. So yeah. build, and that's the way you build him up, give him wins. Yeah. So And he looked dominant. That black mass he gave to Tazawa just looked freaking brutal. It looked great. It, oh, it isn't, I think it's incredible. I don't know how he's not killing people with that. I don't. It's so <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not... There, I'm, I'm looking on our Twitter, so on the Wrestling cool. Gitter. He doesn't get a hand up or anything. I mean, it's... You know, Tozawa is just flat in the face. So I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. But it, it's, I think it's doing great for Aleister Black. It's really yeah. building him up. And yeah. And, uh, yeah. Now, their follow through is what's important. We've seen this before with other talents. Yes. Um, their follow up is what's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hardy at the right phase of this build of Aleister Black would have been ideal had you built Matt Hardy and give him some wins. All right. A win over Matt Hardy and a decisive win at that over Matt, Hart, over Matt Hardy would have been great for Aleister Black. 
Matt Hardy still might be there for Alistair Black, but he's not going to mean as much because they didn't take the time to give Matt Hardy some wins on TV first. Yeah. A big uh, <clears throat> Michael's sending some love. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Oh, I know Mike Sachs Jr. What's up, Mike? Nice. Um, you know, Wait, how did that work? Really quick. Explain that to me. Uh, there's a super chat on YouTube where someone can like, it's it's like we're street performers. They're tossing money at it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm yeah. tossing like toss $2, Michael there. And to get the Thank highlights, you, Michael and comments, and, you know, yeah. we appreciate the super chats. Um, Very cool. You know, broken Matt Hardy and Alistair Black would actually be a really good feud. Those characters yes. would go very well. Yes. They could do I some agree. cool stuff. Alistair Black is like the, this kind of stoic, you know, serious dark figure and you know matt hardy is this crazy one and i think you know having that that dichotomy that that uh that difference in the characters could could be I, something really entertaining i don't like how they've done broken matt hardy with wwe oh though, no fair woken I, I, matt hardy has sucked yeah yeah i agree yeah so, they just they just didn't have an they they WWE sized it you know where they yeah, have the yes. fancy background and you know yes. the high production values and and, just, and they didn't get it. I feel. I feel like they didn't get it. Yeah. The Halloween special was good. Yes, because I guarantee you, the Hardy Boys were all over that thing. You think Vince like McMahon was it? <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon wasn't there directing <laughs> yeah, that and super no. overlooking it. I would love to see Vince uh, imitating, <laughs> telling Matt how to do broken Matt Hardy. Oh, and the man. fact, <laughs> and the fact that Jeff got his shit in, if you will, quote unquote, with yeah. his musical performance, tells me the Hardys had a huge hand in that, and it was awesome, by the way. Yeah. Oh man, seeing Vince directing one of these would be would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we had Charlie Caruso backstage interviewing uh, Humberto Carrillo, or was about to, and Zelina Vega came up. Carrillo was going to let her speak, but then Andrade ran up, said he's not happy, uh, ran Carrillo down, and set up a match for the two of them. We also saw a tease for a Liv Morgan makeover coming soon to Raw. It's going to be like Emelina all over again. That's what um, it reminded me of as soon as they showed that. Uh, Liv, man, she's got she's got charisma. I think she she, does. she could be a star if they, they come up with something good for her. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, she, she does. She does a lot of cool things like on on on, on uh, social media. Mm-hmm. And I see whether it's cool or not as your your guys' opinion, obviously. But it's something. She has something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Uh, so in jo- Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Although, can I just rewind and just say sticking out your yeah. tongue with lollipop stains on it is not cool. I'm not impressed by that. But. Other than that, sorry. And, and I'm guessing with this makeover, that's that's probably going to go. Is is my guess. Good. Hopefully, it's not like Emelina, where it's eight months and just drop it as soon as as soon as they finally debut her. No, but there's something there with her. You could tell. Yeah, she got something. So Umberto Carrillo got a win tonight. Real quick, she she reminds me of like a female Jungle Boy. Like, just has this natural. Mm-hmm. Um, natural charisma that gets you know people into her mm-hmm. yeah your eyes don't come off her generally when she's doing it. yeah you're right yeah. hey i said this forget his opportunity with wwe uh enzo his biggest screw up was blowing up his relationship with Liv morgan like that oh, was I the once in a lifetime op yeah they he's the one that got her uh her gig in nxt they I know that, Jersey. but when did they get broken they, up? They were dating. They lived together, I guess, for years. But I think they broke up uh, shortly before all the accusations and stuff went down with him. Probably oh, okay. about a month or two before. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the bigger screw up. Forget WWE. He's never going to land somebody as dynamic or compelling as her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyhow, Umberto Carrillo got a win tonight. We've called hey, hey. that <laughs> lack of ability to do this. He uh, beat Andrade, broke Andrade's streak of wins yes. on Monday Night Raw. This was a hell. Did this now? This is a statement. You don't think so? Good for him. Yeah, I just hope. I just hope this isn't the week where they start just beating Andrade all the time. Now, um, there's a. I love. I thought this match was great. I thought Humberto was great and Andrade was great. I didn't like that they were teasing Zelina and Andrade breaking up at the end because they're so great together. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. I, I hope they don't do that. Um, cause it, man, Andrade, I, I just, unless they do something with him and Charlotte Flair, cause you know, I'm, I know Charlotte's got some stroke and, uh, they're all over social media. So it's no secret now to even, you know, the mildly, uh, the mild hardcores that they're dating. You know what this is going to look like. 
We know what this is going to look like. We saw it with Seth and Becky. WWE does not know how to write for this. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Yeah, I agree. Leave him with Zelina. Zelina's so freaking good. And I think I, I see it being like a Rusev Lana thing where they were great together. They break them up and they were both kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had Rey Mysterio backstage cutting a promo in advance of his championship match against AJ Styles tonight. And then we had uh, Kevin. Ray, real quick, the, yeah. the pop for Ray and, and when he was giving Kevin Owens the, the pipe and everything. Whatever they've done with Ray the past few months, if he just feels, uh, he just feels like the biggest he's felt in a long time, you know, yeah. star wise. Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. he he is the biggest star with uh, Brock Lesnar nowhere to be seen. But they were beating him all the time before. Yeah. But now when he shows up, it's gigantic pop, and 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 it, and, and it should be. Yeah. But you're right. The way they brought him in, we said said it earlier was not the way you would bring in a future Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer, might I add, um, and someone of his level, you know what I mean, of revolutionizing. Like, that's a big word you just don't throw out. He revolutionized part of our business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how they just they mistreated him when they first brought him back was just mind-boggling. Right. Um, they got it back on gear, and he's cutting some of the best promos he's cut, I would argue, in his career he's gotten. And uh, he's compelling. I agree, Matt. I, I feel like he sounds the most real of, uh, I think, he's anyone ever, on him raw. This is the most real he's ever sounded, I yeah. think. Yeah. And he had some really interesting storylines with Eddie, uh, JBL, things to really draw out something from him, especially the JBL storyline um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Randy Orton storyline <clears throat> in the past. I remember things that really were devious and very, very, very heelish. And which would draw that out of him, something out of him, but he, nothing to this effect. Mm-hmm. He, he's really on. He's hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. And this is a good example, actually. People say like wrestling has an age, and this is why old timers used to. I always used to think they were saying this to hold on to their spots far too long past their prime. But there is something to be said of it takes years, years to figure out for for many of us as, as to how comfortable we can get in certain storylines are able to help bring something out of us um, that others in the past just maybe didn't. Mm-hmm. And you find this new dimension and that you're hitting on all cylinders. That's what he's doing right now. He's hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Murphy tonight, picking up a win over Zach. Oh, yeah. And- Sorry, Zach. <laughs> Zach's my boy, but um, yeah. love this one. Love Buddy Murphy. Huge fan of Buddy. I mean, they're really giving him something, right, to mm-hmm. build uh, him up in advance of his match against Aleister Black at TLC. Ugh, and he's going to lose that, but... It is what it is. Has to happen. So Kevin Owens backstage hunting AOP. I was told they're in their van. Disappointed <sighs> to see what their van looked like. I was hoping maybe for an A-team van, maybe uh, like some, you know, one of those vans with like uh, airbrushed artwork on the side, but no, just a basic <laughs> black van. <laughs> right? I mean, the AOP should have like a cool van. I mean, like I said, the A-team could be cool. They had a cool van. No, I, I think this fit them perfect. <laughs> basic black Better van. than a Dodge Caravan. Better than that. Um, yes. <laughs> like a mom soccer mobile, you know what I mean? Whatever the hell they call it. I um, want them in the mystery machine. <laughs> you know? It's got to be like tough looking. <laughs> the A-team van was tough looking. <laughs> the eighteen was badass. Come on, we were all well, the same okay. age in, in 1985. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, was. anyhow, Kevin opens, and it's not that far off. I'll, I'll get a photo of the eighteen van up here. Uh, but we get Kevin Owens backstage. Uh, opens the back of the van. See somebody sitting in a chair in the back of the van, and then before we can find out who it is, he is attacked by AOP, who beat him down. Uh, Kevin does go, or we do see the chair turn around, and it's Seth Rollins. He was there. He masterminded the entire thing and then joins in the beatdown of Kevin Owens. And he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those mangy kids. (laughs) (laughs) Because the guy in the chair, if you guys just hung around the show a little bit longer, he would have demasked that person, and it would have been somebody different sitting there. (laughs) Dude, okay, great. Yeah, we get it. It's the 18th band. Um, what, 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 what I don't like though, is this whole frigging pursuit 
crap that they do with the baby faces, always searching for somebody, and they're, the camera's there to pick it up, and it's hokey as hell. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. And then again, like that, he has no plan for once he finds him, you know, like he doesn't have like a, a trap set or something. He just finds him and gets his ass whipped. Um, I mean, I mean, do we all know that the wrestlers go to the shows before the APM start line? Or is that just like still not fully known to every fan? You think? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think they, they pay attention they, to that. Okay. Because my question is, is how is the camera pick it up just right in time where Kevin Owens is going to start his hunt looking for everybody? <laughs> yeah. Aren't they shooting other talents? Aren't they standing by in the locker room randomly because Becky Lynch and, so- and what's her name? Charlotte might start a conversation. So mm-hmm. we better be there for that. Or, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just, I hate, I think it looks stupid for the, for the baby face. To go around hunting around looking for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, if, in general, for Kevin Owens tonight, I thought he looked stupid. It wasn't the best night for his character. But on the flip side, Rollins, it was great. And, and we'll get more was. into it. That part was. Yeah. Now, for a big heel turn like this, do you think just sitting in the van revealing himself, I don't know. I feel like it would have been um, more dramatic if. In, in the ring. Yeah, and if they never showed him to begin with, like if he was never aligned with the AOP, just AOP had been attacking him all these weeks without yeah. Rollins around, and so then it's just more out of the blue as opposed to everyone who was expecting Seth to be with the AOP anyway. Yes. But that being said, I think Seth looks it looks like uh, the most interesting he's been in forever. Okay. See, you're giving them a pass because of how terrible they've been booking Seth as a baby face. And you've been wanting them to turn heel for quite a while, Raj. So you're giving them a pass on this because they finally got there. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the most effective or dramatic way to to do it. So Seth came out, cut a promo, basically saying, what do you want from me? Everybody's uh, giving him all this crap. And he's been doing everything right, not taking nights off, fighting Mm -hmm. through injuries, laying it all in line Mm -hmm. every time he gets out there. Uh, I agree with him. I agree with everything he said, actually. Sure. He should be he should be yelling at WWE creative. Yes. (laughs) But everything I mean, he's he's right. He doesn't take any nights off. He's in fifth gear every match, even on house shows. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Seth is I mean he's he's workhorse. Though yeah, workhorse, company guy. Um and he's sticking up for his company. When he sticks up for WWE and, and rips somebody else, he gets a lot of crap about it. Whereas if someone from AEW rips on WWE, it's you know it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, is it, but uh, Seth, man, I thought this was his uh, best promo in for years. I can't even remember the last time. Mm-hmm. It's good. Hey, I, as still, long as- I still hate his sinister laugh, though, for the record. It's a little it, nasally. But he didn't do it here, right? <laughs> it, it sounds so bony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he didn't do it here though. I mean, no. everything he said, he believed it. It didn't sound scripted, um, and but that's that's one thing that was great about it. It didn't sound scripted. Heel, heel, Seth. Mark my words is going to come with a lot of sinister laughs. Yeah, yeah. mark my words, man. Right. Yeah. Just because it wasn't tonight, it's yeah, coming. It's coming. <laughs> hey, as long as they call their new faction the Architects of Pain, but, I'm happy. But I do like him as a heel obviously yeah he's much better at it he's more comfortable and uh wwe they can't book for baby faces worse shit no. we saw it with owens tonight yeah no you're right so kevin owens loaded into a stretcher then into an ambulance then we had a two-on-one handicap match the kabuki warriors versus becky lynch yeah all right Sorry, i was reading that comment say that again <laughs> kabuki warriors what versus becky lynch tonight a lengthy match, I believe the only women's match we got on tonight's show. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, this was competitive. Is this the first time Asuka's won without the mist since she's had the mist? I don't know that answer. I think I want to say we've seen it every. I think I want to say we've seen it every time. No, it feels like won. it. But she, they didn't win here, though. Well. True. Yeah. Uh, well, she, or that she hasn't used it. I feel like it's been prominently featured. Regardless, but steel chair. She got DQ'd. Yeah. Did we uh, miss the, the paramedics putting KO in the ambulance? No. He said he was put in an ambulance and taken away. 
Did you see those paramedics putting him in, in the ambulance? Uh, They're just like stumbling all over the place. And it was the, the clumsiest, most... I mean, it's hilarious. If you didn't notice it, I'll go back, back and, and watch, watch it. it. I'm going to watch you it again. Have to watch it. He's a husky boy like myself. And I'm just saying, they probably, you know, you got to distribute the weight a little more evenly. Oh, man. Did they any just, of you feel sorry for him? Did you feel bad for him? No, he had it coming. <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. Or what we've been talking about. They don't write. They don't think these things through for the baby faces when they're writing them doing this stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Kabuki Warriors with that uh, when they had Beth on uh, Becky Beth Becky on that table on the outside and, and Kyrie Sane to that elbow from the top. That was awesome. Hell yeah! It's going to be a great match Sunday. I still can't believe Kyrie Sane is a, an effective heel. Yeah, because the money in her is a face. We all know that. You just look at her and she's a baby face. Like she's right? just—you just, just want to like her. Um, she's pulling it off, though. She is. They're, they're great. Um, again, my thing is that it was competitive the whole time. I, I, I feel like it, <laughs> Becky and Charlotte are almost are, are handling them both pretty much by themselves. I feel like it should oh. be more one-sided for the Kabuki Warriors. Maybe you know the first five minutes is a little fifty-fifty, but then it should be the Kabuki Warriors really just dominating yes. at the end. Yes, always. Yeah, yeah. always. Um, I really gonna be bummed when they lose on Sunday to Becky and Charlotte. Me too. Me too. And I'm the biggest Charlotte Mark there is, but still, I this is no. Kabuki Warriors need to win. It doesn't hurt either one of the girls, Charlotte or Becky. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if they, maybe if they do an angle, you know, maybe if this is leading to the the Kabuki Warriors ending up beating them down the line. And then that's the breakup of Becky and Charlotte. But Becky shouldn't be in a tag team anyway right now. Yeah, and we know there's going to be a breakup anyway because we know those are two rooted-in singles acts for that company. And anything in a tag team package is temporary. None of us are going to buy that they're going to be a tag team that rides off to the sunset for the next 10 years. Kabuki Warriors, we don't know that yet. I mean, obviously, they probably won't. But (laughs) we less than likely think that when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Right? We think they're a tag team. Right. I don't know. So after that, we had Charlotte in the trainer's room while Becky was getting iced up. Here you Uh, go. Becky was defiant. Charlotte walked out of the room, and then Mm -hmm. she got beat down. By so this was yeah. good. I liked this actually. This is what I was telling you the first how the first setup should have went with the first yeah. talk between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, after after the heels did what they did, and then you come together and said, "Look, we're getting our asses whipped by these two, and they're running roughshod over the women's division. This is our division. I know we don't get along. Blah 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 blah. But for this, we got to blah 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 blah. That's it. Yeah, lots of blah blah blahs." And they challenged Charlotte and Becky to challenge them for TLC. And we are going to have a women's tag team title match, uh, a TLC match between Asuka and Kari versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch on Sunday. That could steal the show. It could be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a pay- paid for by the NWO announcement tonight. I love hearing that, that music again on Monday nights. <clears throat> So they're going into the Hall of Fame in Tampa in April, uh, along with Batista, whose induction was announced earlier today. They're so running we, out of they're running out of acts to induct. You know, now they're going for all the groups, and you know, I'm sure Evolution will be down the line. You know, all these guys are going to have two or three Hall of Fame rings. Um, I don't know. We shall see. Eric Rowan versus Enhancement Talent. Eric, uh, we still don't know what's in the cage. The enhancement talent stole the cage, ran with the cage, went back into the ring, tried to win by count out. Eric came back in, beat him up pretty handily, promised his pet he was going to uh, take care of uh, the chopper. Oh. Let's talk about this weekend. <laughs> it, was kind of fun. it was kind of funny when he stole the sure. cage, but. Influential. Yeah. Let's talk about the weekend update segment with the Street Profits. Hmm. Matt, would you rather yeah. be caught watching hardcore pornography or this segment tonight on Monday Night Raw? <laughs> this segment on Raw. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was wrong? What did what'd you hate about it? It was just, there. it was so forced humor. And I feel like when WWE sure. writes jokes, it's not funny. Yeah. Did but you, it was. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead Sorry. 
I was saying it was meant to be like not funny, fun. Like it was meant to be corny and kind of over the top cheesy. Um, and that's why, you know, with the canned laughter and everything. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I thought, I mean, I'd rather be caught watching hardcore pornography than that uh, Rusev Lana segment earlier. But I, I, this wasn't the worst thing on the show for me. I thought it was, I actually was fine with it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the Street Profits, they're, they're screwing up a great thing. Just let these guys be themselves. Let them hey, keep doing their really thing. quick for the NWO package, who did they include? So Waltman is is going to be Hogan Hall, Nash, and Waltman. Two-time Hall of Famer. All of them. All of them. Everyone in that group, because Waltman was inducted with DX. Yeah. And Waltman back-to-back years. Last yeah. year with DX, this year with NWO. Let's talk about the United States title match to close of the show. AJ <coughs> Styles versus Rey Mysterio. Randy Orton uh, providing a distraction near the end of the match. Uh, Ray winning... Really good match, got a decent amount of time, but Raw was not, I mean, USA was not messing around. Right after that bell rang, they barely said, retains his, t- uh, Rey Mysterio retains his title, and we were cutting for Modern Family. What? Like, tonight on, on USA, like, they there was a hard out tonight. Like, they just yanked it off the air. Yeah. Well, what happened, there was a timing issue at the end where uh, Styles was going to th- give the Styles Clash off the ropes. They kind of botched that move, and so they lost, like, 15 seconds there. And that caused, you know, that caused them to, like, try to, like, rush to get it done right as, you know, they went off the air. U- USA has been hard with the, you know, the 11 o'clock start, I mean, stop. So, yeah, once they botched that move and had to, like, reformulate, AJ hit an extra move and then did the Styles Clash. So that drew off the timing. What is the draw? Uh, if they're not competing against WCW Monday Nitro anymore, what is the draw to go to eleven fifteen? Why? Well, why did they used to do it? Like they did do it when we were yeah. doing this podcast even. for twenty yeah. years, <laughs> up until a couple years ago or a year ago even. Yeah, yeah. I, it made it made no sense. It's already three hours. It's already too long. And then to add another ten fifteen minutes. What was the purpose of it? it, it I think they were just used to it. <laughs> Like it was just uh, how they, because you know, they, it, if you're a network, why don't you be kind of freaking pissed off? Because like you have, I don't, how do you fit an hour show in that is supposed to come after that? What do you do? Yep. Yeah. Uh, short you commercials. The, do you cut the ads off of these other, you know? Yeah. Shows? Especially like, when it's not the same stop time every week. Like it's one week, yeah. it's five minutes. The next is 15. Right. And so you have to do it on the fly. Yes. Yeah, I guess yeah. I wonder if it's just on everything is off that 15 minutes for the rest of the night until they go to their, you know, paid advertising or whatever. The fan wrote that it messes up our DVRs. Yes, it totally mm-hmm. does. Um, I think, though, it makes it feel so much more predictable when the, when they have mm-hmm. the overrun. You don't know how long a match is going to take. You know, it's not this sure. idea that it's going to end right right at the top of the hour. But at the same time, like with NXT, I know that. It's not going to end on time, so I can watch the AEW main event and then switch over to NXT because I know it's going to go another like ten minutes. Same here, same so. thing. Yeah. So that was Raw tonight. TLC is Sunday. Uh, I feel like we have to talk about the big news story from yesterday that the WWE granted some releases and uh, cut some folks that maybe didn't ask for their release. Uh, no, no, everyone, everyone oh. that was cut had asked for their release. The Ascension so, had interesting. Even Ascension asked for the release. Yeah, they had. They had a, a, several months ago. Yeah, I, mean, I think they've asked a couple times. Uh, that one, they didn't ask for it publicly, but they ah. had asked for their releases. Uh, yeah, uh, Luke Harper and Sin Cara, they had asked publicly. Sin Cara, pretty recently, also last week, ACH uh, was granted his release. So you had five, five wrestlers being released in you know in a one week span. Um, all who had, you know, requested it. So good for WWE for letting them go. Mike Canellis was not released. He had been pretty vocal. He's been doing some interviews hmm. uh, talking about not being happy with the company. Uh, he's happy for what WWE did for him, but it's not, you know, happy how he's being used. But he'll do whatever he they ask him to because he is under contract. But, you know, it's clear he would like to be out. Hmm. I could see Connor doing something out of between the Ascension guys. I could see him going somewhere and doing something. Another cult, another cult faction in AEW. No, <laughs> none of that. Yeah, I could see. I mean, yeah, definitely. What's his name? Big Rig Brody Lee. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, Luke definitely. Harper. Luke yeah, Harper. he he trademarked Brody Lee. Uh, he clearly has been ready for this. So, uh, 
he's the one that for sure, you know, you could see something happening with. Mm-hmm. Now, who does AEW have for him to work against? A Luke Harper. This is why they've got to get bigger guys on that roster. Wardwell? That's not enough. Huh. It's a very shallow roster when it comes to shapes and sizes. Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who else? I don't know. I'm just naming people. <laughs> and I would argue Wardlow's not big. How tall He's is big Jake compared Hager? to the rest of them? Jake Hager's Jack, big. He hasn't wrestled only, yet. There's only two. Jack Swagger and Luchasaurus. That's it. It's the only big guys they have. And then Dustin, obviously. Yeah. He's yeah. crazy tall. They need more big guys. But then, again, it's going to just make their roster look shorter by comparison. Oh, wow. Uh, shorter guys could be bigger guys. Tell the true. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get your working boots on. Ah. Uh, so that's eventful. This is the first time WWE's done these uh, sort of cuts all once in a while. Yeah. KCC saying Brody versus Okada. Yeah, that New Japan, you know, that used to be their that, forte. Is That would be nice. He goes there and acts like bit, bit, uh, bit, um, geez, one Bruiser one. Brody. Bruiser yeah. Brody. He could definitely have a Bruiser Brody run through that company. That would be an ingenious idea, actually. Yeah. And he with Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom around, well, no, they got the non-compete that uh, expire on March 8th, all, th- all of them. Oh, wow. Except for ACH, obviously, who's okay. already out. Build them for the next one, then. Yeah. I think it's worth it. Absolutely. You start some mystery angle or, or something at Wrestle Kingdom. and uh, He and, can and pull it. that off, fighting in the crowd where the crowd's legit shit in their pants and scared because this dude's swinging a chain or whatever the hell he's doing, um, acting crazy. He's got the, he can pull that off, man. Yeah, someone else saying Brody versus Moxley. True, but it's kind of a... That'd be a one-off for me as far as entertainment value goes. I'd much, I'm much, i dead serious. I think New Japan's a, that's a great call. Harper versus Lance Archer. Yeah, New Japan, that is a great That'd call. And, and New Japan, they've kind of, as far as the U.S. goes, they've kind of lost a lot of steam since all those lost. guys. And so this would, at least for U.S. fans, and Japan is still doing great, but for U.S. fans, it's lost a lot of steam after Omega left. So this would, you know, give it some, uh, give it some juice. Yeah. Well, there you have it. We're going to be back here Wednesday night to talk about AEW versus NXT. Uh, Raj, Matt, anything to plug before we take this out? Nope. Uh, Ric Flair is back on our podcast. So um, he will be on Wednesday's Winkly. So definitely check that out. Uh, Tony Atlas, a, a bunch of Hall of Famers and legends this week. So check it out. Are you interviewing Flair? Uh, Nick did. It was uh, done earlier today. Oh, damn. Interesting. Very interesting. We'll see you back here Wednesday night. He's at BP Matt Morgan. He's at Raj Geary underscore 303. I am at Glenn Rubenstein on Twitter, where I would greatly appreciate a follow. And we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Why are you always welching for?